Wonderful. So if you turn with me in your Bibles to uh, uh, Acts chapter 13, uh, we started, we've done a few weeks really on this first missionary journey. I'm supposed to be starting 1 Thessalonians today, but I got excited in in Acts, I thought, we can do a little bit more. We can do a little bit more, and hopefully you'll feel as blessed as I do in looking into this passage. We'll read that in a moment, but uh, do you ever feel like the wheels are falling off? Do you ever feel you've got a plan, and all of a sudden the wheels are falling off? I'm sure it doesn't happen for you guys, because you look very together, very organized, very, you know, on top of things. I remember on one of those occasions when, when we lived in the UK and we would come to, to Guernsey for our family holiday. Yes, it's not so exciting now to go to Yeovil for a family holiday. Yes, it's coming to Guernsey for a family holiday. Not that we've done that yet. Uh, but uh, we used to, we would get up very early in the morning and we would drive and at least two occasions our car broke down on the way to the ferry. The wheels fell off. They didn't literally fall off. But off our holiday, the wheel went flat. And we had one of those cars. We still have that car. One of those cars that doesn't have a spare tire. Does anybody else have one of those cars? Yeah. Why does it not have a spare tire? I don't know why it doesn't have a spare tire. Because when it's, uh, when it's 5 o'clock in the morning and uh, you've got a, a puncture, you just need to put, a, put a, a tire on, don't you? It's not hard, is it? You just take the one wheel off, you put the other wheel on. Hey, that's what you do. But not on our car, no. Our car didn't have one. Instead, it had a spray can that sprays glue into the wheel. Who thinks that's going to work? Nobody. And of course, it doesn't work. It certainly didn't work for us. Maybe the glue had expired. It was an old car, yeah. And, uh, you know, the wheels came off our holiday. We missed our ferry that day. We had to rebook. Sometimes in life, the wheels fall off. But you know what I'm going to say to you? When you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this sounds controversial, even as I'm saying it, oh, Howard, what are you doing? When the wheels fall off, as a believer in Christ, we're going to look at this in a minute. Don't just take my word for it. Keep on driving. Keep on driving. Surely, Howard, that's a crazy thing to say, but I I want to say to you, there's some supernatural forces at work in our lives, yes? Now, if, just for clarity's sake, if on the way home, uh, navigating the various one-way systems that have been put in place to stop you getting to church today, yeah, if on the way home you get a puncture, please do stop and sort it out. Don't keep on driving. But I want to say that in a, in a spiritual sense, you and I... When the wheels start coming off, keep on driving. And I'll tell you why in a moment. I sort of picture it. Do you, do you ever see those amazing uh, American movies where they're having a conversation behind the wheel? There's two people. They're both sat in a car, aren't they? And they're chatting away. And you see the background moving, and it bears no relation to where they steer. Have you noticed that? And they're having this conversation, and they steer this way, and then... And the, the road goes a different way entirely. And, but, of course, what they do for them is they put them on a flatbed truck, don't they? They put the car there with the actors there. They've got the crew on the, on the, on the front bit, on a little elevated platform. So they don't need to worry 
about actually um, driving safely. They just need to remember their lines. And I wonder if, in a very real sense, God has something like that for us. He, he wants us to be concerned about remembering our lines, communicating the message that he has given to us. And he, and he says to us, I want you to keep on driving as if you were on a flatbed truck. Keep on driving, even when the wheels fall off. If the left wheel falls off, keep on driving. If the right wheel falls off, keep on driving. Because what's important, if all the wheels fall off, keep on driving. Because I want you to know, I am with you. I go before you, I go before you, behind you, and I go underneath you. I carry you along. Whoever feels that, that God is carrying them along, has ever felt like that? Yeah? I've got no f strength to carry on, but somehow... The momentum's going, I'm still going forward. I'm still making some progress. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Now, we're in chapter 13 of, uh, of Acts. Let me get to the right passage. And we'll be starting to read at verse 13, where it says this. Let me just read these scriptures to you. From, so they've just been to, to Cyprus. From Pathos, Paul and his companions uh, sailed to Perga in Pamphylia. I'm sure you all know where that is. It's in Turkey. Uh, but it's actually in the region that we would call Galatia. Now we've heard of that, haven't we? Because there's a book in the Bible written to the Galatians. That's right. And uh, so Perga to Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. That's an important bit, which we'll come to. From Perga, they went on to Poseidon Antioch. Now, Poseidon Antioch is different to the Antioch that they set out from on their missionary journey. Uh, maybe I'll explain a little bit about that as well. On the Sabbath day, they entered the synagogue and sat down after the reading from the law and the prophets. The synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, Listen to me, the God of the people of Israel, etc., etc., etc. If you've got a chance to read that fabulous sermon uh, from Paul the Apostle, then please do. I'm sure you will. But uh, just in these few short words, we find something very special. And it, it might not look like it here, but in a very real sense, the wheels were falling off for Paul the Apostle. The wheels were falling off. Now, there's no doubt about it that something remarkable was happening here. They had been preaching the gospel, and they'd seen remarkable results. We absolutely know that the Holy Spirit was at work in what they were doing, yes? And as we can testify to today, the work that was done by, by Paul and his companions at that stage not only transformed a city or two, but transformed a nation or two, 
actually transformed Europe and so on the world. That's what the big picture, big purpose of what was happening there, clearly the Holy Spirit was at work in their lives. But as, as I'll just unwrap for you, the wheels certainly felt like they were coming off. Maybe in your life, you are determined to serve the living God. Maybe you are determined to be faithful to the word of God, to your promises to God, to your life that reflects his character. Maybe you're determined to do those things. And for some reason, things are getting in the way, are causing you to stumble in that desire to honor God with your life, uh, to honor God with your lifestyle, to honor God with your decisions. And all of a sudden, that passion that you had, that determination that you had to honor God with your life and to love him with everything that you have, uh, all of a sudden, it looks like that's not so clear anymore. I was passionate 100%. But all of a sudden, the, the wheels feel like they're falling off. If the wheels seem like they're falling off, keep driving. Keep driving. Because God will carry you along. Let me explain to you what's happening in this wonderful passage. So, we've got from Pathos, which is sort of on the coast of, of southern uh, Turkey. Then Paul and his companions, sorry, from Paphos, that's on Cyprus, sorry. From Cyprus, they, fl they went to Perga in Pamphylia, which is Turkey. And from Perga, they went on to Poseidon Antioch uh, on the Sabbath. Uh, and then it says where John left them. Now, we'll come to that in a moment. But I just want you to, to draw you to a passage in Galatians, which we, we mentioned before. And this is in Galatians chapter, it's probably on there, is it? Oh, you've put it up. Thank you. Uh, chapter 4.13, is that right? Uh, and it says this. As you know, it was, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Uh, even though my illness was a trial to you, instead you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Jesus Christ himself. And then a little bit later he said, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Now, we're very, maybe you know, but Paul very famously had an illness, and we don't know what it was. But it seems that this is when it first struck him. So this is his first sermon in Galatia. It's recorded, it's the first one. All of a sudden, he's planting a church in this place called Poseidon Antioch, uh, which is in the heart of Galatia. He's there bringing the gospel for the very first time. Uh, and later, when he writes his letter to the people in that area, he says, as you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. What Paul is telling us in Galatians is what Luke didn't tell us for various reasons uh, in the book of Acts. He was there 
partly because he was sick. Maybe uh, there's been lots of speculation about this, and maybe the sea climate in Perga, where is it? Um, in is it Perga? It was Perga, wasn't it? Kill me. Yes, Paul sails from Perga, sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where you would imagine that's where he was planning to do his evangelistic work. But maybe the climate wasn't right. But who knows? Because he was feeling poorly, all of a sudden he wanted to be somewhere that was better for him. And in those days they thought, well, mountain air was better for you. Yes? Do you know, like in the UK we would, well, I suppose maybe you don't know this, but in the UK uh, they used to send people off to the seaside for good clean air. Do you remember those days? Obviously, you live on an island, so you're always by the seaside, so you've always got good clean air, yes. Whereas in those days, the idea was you go to the, the mountains for the good clean air. That's where you go, good clean air. And this Poseidon Antioch is 3,600 feet high in the mountains. And so that's maybe why Paul and his companions chose to go there. Yes, and it was maybe that they chose to go there because he was sick. Some people say he might have had malaria. Yes, and that's maybe why it, it mentions his eyes. Yes, because that's one of the, the things which, I mean, I've never had malaria. and Maybe you've, has anybody had malaria? All oh, right, yeah. Well, we could get you up to tell us a little bit about malaria. I don't want it. I don't want it. It sounds awful, yeah? Uh, but uh, he, maybe it was malaria, maybe it was something else. But for whatever reason, the, we speculate that he went up into these mountains because it was healthier for him and it was affecting his eyes. But what is amazing and interesting is that he was sick and he preached the gospel. He was sick and he carried on on his mission. He was very poorly. In fact, what does it say? It said that, that, um, that, the, that his sickness was a trial to you. Verse 14 of Galatians chapter 4, even though my illness was a trial to you. So it's not without its complications. It's not without uh, the uh, inconveniences. Everybody knew that he was sick and that he was there preaching the gospel. And as a consequence of him going there, he planted a church which lasted for hundreds of years that influenced a region, a nation, a um, uh, Europe, and the world. And I just thought to myself, well, you know, how many of us when we're hit with sickness, actually push through that to fulfill what God is calling us to. Do you see why I say, when the wheels are coming off, keep on going. Paul, he was, he couldn't use his eyes. He was in deep discomfort. He was in trouble physically. Uh, even though he preached the gospel and his, his heart was absolutely in it, his purpose was still there. I'm going to preach the gospel. I know that I'm sick. I know that I'm uh, in deep trouble here physically, but my purpose hasn't changed. My purpose hasn't changed. 
This is what I'm about. Yes, if I'm sick, I'm a preacher of the gospel. If I'm well, I'm a preacher of the gospel. And I thought, what a wonderful uh, encouragement that is to me personally, but also for all of us right now. You know, that Paul, I'm sick, I'm going to preach the gospel. And for some of us, I think, there's that temptation when illness strikes us to say, well, you know, I just need to get this sorted out. I'll just get this one sorted out, and then I'll be back on the campaign trail for Jesus. I'll be preaching my little higher. I'll be sharing my faith. I'll be inviting people to church. I'll be telling people that I'm uh, I'm praying for them, and all of these sorts of things. But Jesus wants to say to you, if you're sick, oh, let me carry you along, because your purpose is wonderful. Your purpose is heaven-sent. Your purpose is my purpose. And, and Jesus wants you to understand that. You know, Paul, as, as we know from other bits of Scripture, he prayed hard for that sickness to, to go. Yeah? But he calls it his thorn in his flesh. Just wouldn't go. Even though he absolutely believed in miracles and performed many miracles, that one didn't shift. Yes? And, and I imagine that's the case for some of us here today who've had sicknesses that have lasted a long time and they just haven't shifted. Jesus says, if those wheels have come off, if you've got sickness, keep on driving. I will carry you along. I will carry you along because your purpose is so important. Now, as well as that, those wheels coming off, this is... Uh, wonderfully understated verse here, where it says, uh, sailed into Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. John left them. That's all it says. Do you know who John is? That is the guy. It's called a guy called John Mark. It's a good name, isn't it? It's a good name. Where is he? It's a good name. Uh, uh, John Mark is the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark. That's the guy who he was. That's who that is. It's interesting, isn't it? Yes, he wrote the Gospel of Mark, yet we just read of him leaving Paul the Apostle. And uh, we also find out a little bit further along, if you want to flick over to chapter 15, the latter part of chapter 15, uh, Paul and Barnabas have a disagreement about John Mark uh, because of this incident. And it says, sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the brothers in the towns uh, where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing Barnabas wanted to, t- to take John, also called Mark, so that's the guy we were just talking about. Uh, but Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them. That's a bit stronger, isn't it? In Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left for Syria and Cilicia. So it seems there's a little bit more to it, doesn't it? But I, I, 
some of the spec speculation that happens about that is if, if Paul was sick, which we know that he was, and John Mark chose to leave them, if you're sick and you've got somebody helping you who then chooses to leave, is that going to cheer you up or depress you? You're going to be fed up, aren't you? You know, I'm sick here. I'm doing my best. I'm busting the gut for Jesus. Oh, you're going. Oh, bye. Bye. You can imagine how Paul felt. Mind, Mark might have been thinking to himself, well, actually, we should be in this region rather than going off up to the mountains. We've still got people here to be reaching. So there's all sorts of different possibilities of what happened. But what we do know is Paul was really angry that John Mark had left him. And I think, well, that's interesting, isn't it? John Mark had left him. There's this breakdown of relationship that then affected him and Barnabas at that time. The wheels had fallen off. And I think to myself, well, you know, you're, as I said before, busting a gut for Jesus. Yeah, all of a sudden you're sick. You're busting a gut for Jesus. The wheels are coming off. I'm going to keep on driving. And then one of your key figures departs. The wheels are falling off. The wheels are falling off here. We were a team here. We were in this together. We were going for this together. Come on. And, and oh, you're, you're, you're off. You're going. You're going back to Jerusalem, are you? I need you here. The wheels are falling off. But keep on driving. You know what I find fascinating about that um, situation is how the gospel carries on regardless of that situation. You know, it, it's wonderful how precious it is when brothers dwell together in unity. We love that scripture, don't we? But not always do brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Put your hands up now if there's a Christian you don't like. Uh, <laughs> there we go, Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. You've asked, I've asked for your forgiveness. The, but of course, you know, we're human beings, aren't we? There's not everybody you're going to get on with as a follower of Jesus Christ. There's not everybody that you're going to see eye to eye with as a follower of Christ, yes? And actually, that can be a real uh, issue for people. And let's be honest, there has to be forgiveness between brothers and sisters. You know, when we, we just celebrated communion, haven't we? That's one of those opportunities where you can go and get right with a brother and a sister. I want to be right with you. The scriptures encourage us to keep short accounts, to forgive and to be forgiven. That love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, most of the New Testament letters are Paul and the other writers in the New Testament explaining how we are to get along with our brothers and sisters. It's very important. It's very important. But for some reason, sometimes, and let's be honest, it's happened in all of our lives to some extent. 
there's been some people and it's just not working. It's just, you know, you don't dislike them. It's just, well, it's just, it's just what it is. Not everybody sees eye to eye. And what is amazing and, and beautiful in this moment is in, at the end of that chapter 15, which is those couple of chapters on from where we started out, after they'd had, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. There's a little bit of extra information there, which we won't uh, look at there, but but where there was one group of people preaching the gospel, all of a sudden there were two groups of people strengthening the churches, preaching the gospel. And actually, in a very real sense, they didn't fall out with each other and that was the end of what they were doing. Because how blessed it is when brothers dwell together in unity of purpose, of purpose. Obviously, it would have been better <laughs> if they dwelt together in unity and still managed to preach to all the different churches they preached to. But what remained unshakable in the relationship between these two sets of people was their determination to preach the gospel, to strengthen Christians. That was their, their certainty. I know I might disagree with you about this particular character, and let's be honest, he turned out to be quite a good character in the end, didn't he? He wrote the first gospel that we have. He, Mark wrote the first gospel that we have, so he was a pretty good egg, as it turns out. And uh, Barnabas, as we've known from previous at times, he was a, 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 a good egg as well. And Paul and Silas, they're the ones who were singing together in prison at night, weren't they? Uh, you know, these were good people. They were all good people. Yes? But for, they had this disagreement. The wheels came off, but they kept driving. And, and I want to say... You know, maybe for some people in here today, for some maybe breakdown in what you thought were pretty important relationships, pretty important friendships. But I don't want you to lose your purpose in the midst of that. God has called you to be his witness. Now, who was right? And who was wrong in this situation? Well, clearly somebody was right and somebody was wrong. But actually, love covers a multitude of sins. I'm going to use even this as our loving father to spread my gospel. I'm going to use even this. These guys had a disagreement. But their heart is still to honor me. And, and maybe you're in, in some situation where there's 
complexity in those working relationships, complexity in those family relationships, complexity, God forbid, even in our church relationship. God says to us, let my love cover over a multitude of sins. Keep on driving. The work needs to be done. We have a calling on our lives. You know, those wheels fall off. You know, for David, I remember uh, before King David, if you remember, in fact, before he was a king, he was basically this rebel leader. And there was a time when uh, he, 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 he'd been working with the Philistines as, as he had to do at that time. And he came back to Ziklag, which was the city that they were based in. And he was there and he found that a, uh, a raiding party had taken all of their kids and their wives of all of his men. And his men were all about to stone him. The wheels had fallen off. Yeah, even before he became king, his men wanted to stone him. But there was an anointing on his life, a calling on his life to lead the nation of Israel, which he subsequently did. As it turns out, there was this glorious and wonderful victory after he'd comforted himself and the Lord. The wheels had fallen off way before he fulfilled what God had called him to be, but he kept on driving. Nehemiah, when he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, uh, they built the walls so high, and then there were various people around that area who were trying to discourage them. And the people had been working so hard that they were worn out. And in the middle of, of their exhaustion, these local enemies came in and started saying, whichever way you turn, we're going to get you. The people were scared. It felt like the wheels were falling off. But they kept on driving. They put in practical measures so that they could continue what God had called them to. And they built the walls of that, that city in, was it 50-something days, wasn't it? Uh, for you and for me, sometimes in our lives, it will feel like the wheels are falling off. And God says to you, there is an anointing on your life. There is a calling on your life. As for David, he was anointed to be king many years before he became king. For Nehemiah, he was called to rebuild the walls of that city. For Paul, he was set apart to reach the Gentiles with the gospel. There is an anointing on your life to introduce people who do not know Jesus yet to Jesus. There is an anointing on your life for that purpose. There is a calling on your life for that purpose. The Holy Spirit of a living God dwells in you as a seal and as a demonstration of that purpose for you. And he says, might feel like the wheels are falling off. 
It might feel like you're getting nowhere quickly, but keep on driving and you will see the success. There's a, I'm running out of time, but just, uh, in fact, I'll invite the musicians uh, back just as, as we, we finish things up. But God is saying to you, keep on driving. Keep on pushing on in your faith, in your witness. You might have questions about your faith. You might have questions about your witness. But Jesus says, keep on driving. You might have questions about your lifestyle. Keep on driving. There is an anointing on your life and a calling upon your life. If you are sick, we pray for your healing in Jesus' name. And if you want prayer, please see me afterwards. I would love to pray with you for healing. Yeah. If there's problems in your uh, relationships and it feels like the wheels are coming off in that area, keep on driving. One of the wonderful things that I love about this is that Paul, after and while all of this stuff happens, preaches the most wonderful and clear of sermons. And I think to myself, for, for us guys, you might be affected by this. Maybe you're in the middle of sickness. Maybe you're in the middle of some relationship difficulties. Maybe you're in, uh, the wheels are coming off in some other areas. But for Paul, when he was facing this trouble, he preached this most spectacular of sermons. I hope you'll have a chance to read through it. So clear. So pointed. There's no fat and gristle on it. It's all pure, powerful argument undergirded by the Holy Spirit of the living God. And I genuinely believe that there's a focus that was brought to Paul because of the trouble that he faced. Because he was sick. Because he was facing these trouble in his team. Because he was facing these things and it felt like it could all fall apart just any moment at all. But actually that brought focus and clarity to his situation because what didn't matter had gone out the window. You know, that's what happens, isn't it, when you're in trouble, when you're sick, or when you're in trouble, whatever you're facing. You realize just how much time and energy you're wasting on other things. And all of a sudden, it's the important stuff. It's the important stuff which rises to the top. And when you're under that sort of pressure, the clarity of what you believe increases. And that's what happened for Paul. Wow. He knew his stuff. 
when the wheels fell off, when God carried him along so he just could focus on his lines. And Jesus is doing the same for you today. We praise you, Lord. Shall we stand together? Loving Father, I just want to pray for those in this room that are sick right now but need a healing touch. We know that Paul the Apostle saw many people healed in his ministry. We also know that he carried illness himself and didn't see the, the, the benefit of your healing power in his own life at that time. Lord Jesus, we pray for those that are sick in our church and in our wider church community and we ask for healing for them in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we pray for those that are facing disharmony, whether it be in their work or in their family or even in their relationships with believers. We want to pray in Jesus' name that you would restore broken relationships. And we pray even more 